Chapter 16 Vicky's Dream The nurse's station in the ICU was covered with handwritten reminders and faded, dirty memos affixed with worn scotch tape to the counter, wall, and to the desk itself. Open patient shorts were scattered across the work area. The monotony of the paperwork was broken only by the occasional picture of a smiling son, a sleeping infant, a family posing in front of a cave, a granddaughter in a cap and gown. As she turned her attention to the chart she was working on, there was a sudden commotion at the other end of the station. One of the surgeons began to hurriedly brief the nurses about something. She strained to make out what he was saying, though he was only a few steps away. Infection, she heard. Quarantine. Extreme precautions. She tried to focus back on her chart, but between the difficulty in reading it and the concern for what the surgeon was saying, she couldn't. One of the nurses came over to her. We need you to take vitals from the patient in room four, she told her, handing her a red folder. We don't use red folders, she thought. Why is the folder red? She wanted to ask before her mind sluggishly realized what was being asked of her. Take vitals. She wasn't a nurse or even an aide. She was a secretary. She looked back up at the nurse, her confusion so deep that she couldn't even form words of a question to ask. Irritated, the nurse continued, you'll need full protection, gown, mask, and gloves. She knew. Wash hands before gloving up. Wash before leaving the room. Put the protective clothing in the bin marked for incineration. Leave the door closed at all times. She had studied the nurse's procedures carefully. She got up and went to the hand-washing station. She scrubbed and then donned gloves, a mask, and gown. Taking the chart, she went to room four. She opened the door and saw the patient lying on the bed, covered with a blanket and laying on his side, his back toward her. It felt strange being entrusted with this, and yet it was what she yearned to do. She stepped into the room and closed the door behind her. A sickening smell met her nose, lotion and antiseptic, mixed with something rotten, dying. Hello, she said. The patient didn't move. She walked around the bed to the counter and set down the chart and pen. She noticed, on the table by his bed, a syringe. The nurse must have inadvertently forgotten to dispose of it. Always treat sharps waste as biohazardous, she recited in her mind. She made a mental note to remove it. She then turned back to the bed. As she approached him, what she saw horrified her. His head and hands, the only parts of his body not veiled by the mustard-colored blanket, were covered with terrible sores, which had ravaged the outline of his face. The skin between his sores was yellowish and blotchy. His lips were purple and uneven. He had his eyes closed, but his labored breathing sounded as though he wasn't sleeping. Rather, it sounded like he was in extreme pain, and that shutting out the world around him allowed him the concentration to deal with it. Sir, she said, having trouble staying calm, I just need to take your temperature, and... He still didn't awaken, or make any appearance of hearing her whatsoever. She reached out to touch his shoulder. As soon as she made contact, he roused with a start, which caused her to jump. He rolled haltingly to his back, pulling the blankets with him a bit and uncovering his left arm, which was similarly diseased. As he opened his yellow, sickly-looking eyes, she suddenly recognized him through the sores and the sickness. Her stomach turned, and she stepped back. Hello, Vic, he wheezed, putting considerable effort into each word. Her heart pounded. Sean, what happened to you? 
She was shaking. Her mouth was dry, and she felt the grip of fear on her neck and lungs. His bloated lips curled into a smile. They tried to take you away from me, he said slowly, deliberately. His breath rattled between words. They tried to keep us apart, but they can't. What we have is bigger than what they understand. It's more powerful, Vic. How did this happen, Sean? Her heart ached at the pain he was going through, but she couldn't bring herself to reach over to touch him. Come closer. Her feet felt frozen in place. She tried to speak, but her throat was seizing up. His smile dissipated. Come here, Victoria. She stepped forward, her quivering fingers barely touching the side of the bed. She did not lean down, trying to keep her distance even as her feet brought her nearer. These friends of yours, Vic, they did this to me. Now, I don't blame you, honey. You don't understand. You, you don't need to worry yourself, but they... He coughed, sounding as though the inside of his lungs were just as awful looking as his face. They will pay for what they've done. Sean, she pleaded, trying to will herself toward the door. Sean, let me get the doctors. No, Vic, you'll take care of me. You're all I need. The doctors, they don't know. Please, Sean, I can't. Let me get them. His face turned rigid again, and there was anger in his eyes. No, Victoria. Her eyes were filling with tears as she prepared to run. Please, please, she whispered, stifling sobs. She braced herself and turned toward the door. Suddenly, she felt his hand gripping her wrist. He squeezed it tightly, and she could feel the scabs through the thin gloves. She began to scream, but she was petrified with fear. She looked at him. He had a wild look in his eyes. Her gaze moved from his face to the table. Too late, she noticed that the syringe was gone. She felt the needle pierce her thigh. It burned and her leg buckled with the pain, causing her to fall to her knees beside him. He pulled out the needle and tossed it aside. It slid across the linoleum floor. We are meant to be together, my angel. They cannot keep us apart. He threw the covers off now, swung his legs over the side of the bed, wincing in pain as he did so. He leaned his head behind hers, and she could feel his hot, sour breath on her neck as he spoke quietly into her ear. We're going to leave this place. We're going to go home, Vic, and you're... He hacked and then caught his breath and held her more tightly. You're going to take care of me. We're going to get better together. No, she cried. Please, Sean, no. He gripped her arm more tightly, pulling her upward. Let's go, Vic. She struggled to her feet feeling his weight on her as she rose. He inhaled sharply as his diseased feet met the floor. He pushed her to move toward the door. That's right, he grunted through the pain. We're going home. She moved into the hallway, fiery pain surging through her leg, hoping someone would see her. Unfortunately, the hallway was vacant. She turned left and limped down the corridor toward the nurse's station. She considered breaking free and running for help. Why can't I run, she thought. Why can't I leave him to die? The burning in her leg was growing worse with each step. She could feel the disease moving inside of her, spreading to her hip. The pain in her foot was nearly unbearable. Desperate, she peered inside the next room. She gasped. It was Phil, lying on the bed, ravaged with the same infection. 
His eyes were closed and the nurses were frantically trying to awaken him. Keep walking, Sean hissed into her ear. Her whole side screamed with pain. She could hear the EKG flatline in Phil's room, followed by the frantic shouts of someone performing CPR. She wailed through sobs. Keep walking, he yelled, prodding her forward. A gurney burst through the doors at the end of the hallway, flanked by people in full gas masks. They ignored her pleas for help. As they passed, she looked at their patient. It was Charlie, his face diseased almost beyond recognition. Vicky, he pleaded hoarsely. Vicky, please save him. He weakly reached a gangrenous hand up to her, then wheezed and went into a coughing fit. Who? Keep walking, Sean spat. She tried to force herself forward as he nearly pushed her over. The pain was overwhelming now, and she began to collapse as his anchor intensified. Vicky, came a voice she recognized, but couldn't place. Where was it coming from? Vicky, help me! It was Sam. She looked around but couldn't see him through the pain and the tears. Sam, she called out. Sean's grip tightened. No, keep walking, he seethed. She fell to her knees, unable to bear the pain of standing. Get up, he yelled, kicking her. The blow knocked her to her side, which burned as the pain radiated out from his attacks. Vicky, the voice was desperate, crying, help me. Sam, where are you? She screamed. Another blow, this one from Sean's fist, struck the side of her head. Everything went dark as the violent attack continued. As she cowered, she felt the air around her change, and the floor pressed against her cheek became sharp, jagged. It was no longer linoleum, but a metal grate. She struggled to remain conscious, but couldn't hold on as she felt him strike her again and again until the pain overtook her. She awoke in her bed, quiet, dark, and still.